it didn't send anything out saying that you wanted to um okay ask but i went ahead and hit the record button on my end so cool um cool all right let me i'll do a little intro and then we'll rock and roll if that's cool yep all right guys for any of y'all listening today uh today i've got with me tyler mitten of uh the nutrition world and also got josh brock with me today uh owner of foundation fitness in uh kingsport this is not uh podcast format it's just basically like all of us hopping on a call and it's just like a a collective call of people that i kind of respect and look up to they're in the same industry and if three people listen to it um and benefit and enjoy anything we we're having to say then this was a win this morning so anyway we're going to jam for 30 minutes uh, or 40 and uh i hope you guys enjoy this so what is going on guys not much what's going on not much uh home with the little one right here he's running around so i can't promise that everything will flow perfect but we'll have a good time so tyler what's up with you this morning can you hear me tyler no, we lost Tyler. Batteries uh, died. He knew he knew that I was getting ready to ask um, why he hates Liver King so much and wants to fight him, and now he's just bitching out. Basically, I think's what's going on. Um, but um, I know what's happening. His uh, AirPods won't connect, so every time Rachel puts her AirPods in, they connect to my phone instead of hers. <laughs> it's a pain in the ass. You gotta like put them back in the case and it's a it's a process we'll let tyler just hop back in here in a minute but um anyway what are you about to this morning josh tell are you back today was my uh my 5 a.m day so gotcha i got two of those a week it's me tomorrow so okay yeah um did you have sessions this morning? Yeah, I had Leighton. Okay. Yeah, we're we started a little late, but we're doing Squattober, and he is getting ready to retest next week. So smoke, okay. smoked smoked a cool. a two hundred this morning, real easy. So, are you back yet, Tyler? Nothing at all. Just looking at us. Um, definitely scared to death, of Liver King. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, man, uh, I shot text to you all and said, hey, let's just um, come up with a couple topics we each want to talk about. D Josh, did you come up with anything that you want to open up with? Um, not particularly. I wrote down a couple of things. Um, but I think that whatever we come up with, uh, especially we have 40 minutes, I think we'll be able to, we'll all be able to elaborate in some form or fashion on whatever topic. Um that we go with cool cool tyler are you back on it said you connected with audio nope all right anyway one of the things i want to talk about was um especially with like content creation and putting stuff out there because i mean obviously tyler does uh, a lot of content creation for social media and then you guys have really ramped it up lately is this idea of imposter syndrome syndrome so um i know for me like i'm getting real comfortable on the mic but when it comes to like the reels and the stuff that you guys are doing uh that's like the area that i kind of get more nervous about even though it's not really live and um 
you know, it's kind of pre-scripted whenever you're making a reel, you know? So, uh, I want you to talk about how you kind of, um, you got over this imposter syndrome and like the nervousness of, uh, just throwing out content and then like some of the success you've seen by getting out there and producing more content. So I think that for me, um, obviously on your podcast, I told you, you know, I was nervous about, uh, the podcast, nervous about, um, making reels and this and that, but you know, the funny thing is that, um, I just, I think I heard someone say this, or it was an idea that I had. It's just like, if you're, if you're not communicating, then you don't exist. So it doesn't matter how smart you are, how much information you have, how good your business is. If you're not communicating, you don't exist. Um, and that kind of scared me. So mm-hmm. it was like, okay, well, I mean, that's a fact. Um, so it was like, let's start communicating. Um, and it's so easy. Tyler, are you back on? Yeah, it, I had zero audio. Like it showed I was turned off, but I was on. And now I, I just exited the app and came back on and I had audio. So who knows? Nice. Cool. So Tyler, you actually, uh, just to like uh, rebound off what Josh was just saying, you actually put out a, a post last week that was talking about communication. Remind me what that was, and then, like, let's dig a little deeper in on that post. It was a Warren Buffett uh, quote, uh, and it was basically, without quoting it directly, it was saying, it was saying the way to increase, it was saying the way to increase 50% of your profits immediately is just just improve your communication skills. And, and the, what made me, I've, I've always kind of known that quote, but what made me post it is I was, pissed off because I got contacted by which kid who has a project that they have to organize something for the boys and girls club and they said hey we have to we have a project do that uh, I'm working with the boys and girls club and we have to find someone that we think would a a guest speaker that would attract youth and, and get their attention and she she said, I don't know if this is something you would want to do. If not, it's cool. I understand. Just wanted to see if you were interested. And um, no, again, this I'm not being judgy, but zero punctuation, which just take the time to punctuize. Right. Like, like care, like punctuize, like, you know, like punctuate. it was just take put the effort in. And then, you know, I responded. I was like, sure, I, I would be interested. I said, also, I said, uh, I said, anytime you ask, just because I'm like, hey, it's a college kid. I'm going to give him some, some free advice. And in fact, just because I, I do not want to, I do not want to misquote my, uh, myself on this. I'm going to actually bring it to the conversation because it infuriates so bad. Um, so she, all right. She said, she said, Hey, sorry to bother you, but I'm doing this project thing for college hours. I'm partnered with boys and girls club and they're looking for like a guest speaker to draw attraction to their program. You think you could do something like that or would have time or would you even want to? That's all one sentence, by the way. I said, Hey, give me some more details. Where is it? When is it? What are they looking for exactly? And she goes, can I just give you the lady's number? 
And I commented before she put that, I said, also, don't ever apologize for bothering someone just by asking them a question. If they're bothered, it's their problem, not yours. Ask things with confidence. It's a college girl. I'm going to give her that piece of advice. She didn't respond. She literally just gave me the lady's number. And she said, she can tell you a lot more than I can. She's trying to find interest in teens around 12 and 14. And I didn't respond. I said, Michael, listen, okay. Number one, you ask me to be a guest speaker in a very weird, awkward way. I give you a little bit of advice. You don't respond. And then you just give me the number of the person to organize it myself. Here you do it. You do Do it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, wait, like, this is your project. I didn't respond. But I'm like, this is your project. Why would you give me, hey, this is my project. Uh, I'm going to give you the girl's number. Can you organize yourself as a guest speaker? I'm like, no. Um, And it's actually something I was kind of going back and forth with it with my wife. It's like, I actually want to do that. Like, I want to talk to them. But I'm like, I don't also know feel like this girl should get a good grade. So I'm like, if I do it, I'm just going to talk to the lady. I'm like, listen, I, I want to do this, but that girl shouldn't get a good grade. The, right. I, I think it's how great, you, you handle the small things in life tells how you're going to do with the bigger things. And like, obviously you're a time, you're a person that you're, you're a dad of two. Um, you've got your business, everything. So your time is valuable. And then you've got someone that's, basically has a massive run on sentence and um, connects with you. You're gracious enough to connect back and then just doesn't even want to like follow through or handle the process. Correct. Like, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that drives me crazy. Um, it was so bad. It, it's just, and it, honestly, it's the generation, that generation in general, like I see it all the time. And I think part of it is because they come from the, the social media generation of shorthand texting like it's just it's completely fine to spell things wrong or shorthand text and like, no like this is a, an actual conversation you're trying to have and i'm not i don't mean it's arrogant but it's someone that she she sees me as a a an important subject matter for her project so it's like essentially you're you're coming to someone you see as an authority in something or someone you see that can benefit you like ask like you actually care yeah it's if you want if you want to work with a professional you got to be professional yeah that was just ran all over me i was just that's another warren buffett quote it's like poor poor communication is like winking at a girl in the dark nothing happens right and how many sales are missed in business because of poor communication or no communication even worse no communication yeah and I've, i've had that i'll be honest that's that's where, when I first started doing own business with nutrition, where I picked up a lot of clients is because other people in my position were doing a really bad job at responding. Um, they would either just ghost their client or they wouldn't respond to people. So I was like, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to be on my phone constantly. I'm going to answer immediately. And I started doing that and, and took a lot of people from other people in my field. And I wasn't poaching them. I was, they were contacting me because they couldn't get a hold of the others. But then I started getting so busy that I started becoming guilty of it. And I started having a hard time getting back to people and I would forget or I would do the thing or I'm like, I'll, I'll get back to it later in the day. And then you forget. Um, so I started doing that, but fortunately I recognized it really quick. Um, well, actually, I had someone call. I recognized it, and then I had a client call me out. I started putting things into place immediately 
to fix it. Like uh, setting boundaries in specific days. Like, listen, this is always my nutrition plan building day. Like it's always going to be Monday or Wednesday. If someone contacts me on Thursday, sorry, if they expect it before the weekend, they're not getting it. But I'm telling them you'll get it Monday. If mm-hmm. they contact me on a, a Monday or Tuesday, I'm like, hey, you'll get your plan Wednesday. So now it's, I've set these barriers up to where people have an expectation of when they'll receive something. Um, that way I'm not uh, leaving people hanging. And I schedule it immediately. Like if someone texts me and I don't text back, I, I literally schedule myself a reminder to text them back. Yeah, time management is something I love talking about, and I think it's just so important. Um, what do you guys do to – Josh, I'm going to kick this one over to you. Like, What are some hacks or ways that um, you make time management easier or more efficient? So um, for me – I read a book, I think it was by a guy named Cal Newport. um, And he talked a lot about time blocking. I mean, essentially just what Tyler said, it's you have, uh, he has Monday and I think he said Wednesday. Those are the days that he responds on those things. So um, time blocking, you know, times I'm better at it than, than I am other times, but uh, you know, it's time blocking even for like, social media time blocking for uh business text messages like you know today at 2 p.m from 2 p.m to 3 30 p.m i'm going through and batching content um you know that's a hypothetical that's not today um you know it's like maybe on wednesdays and fridays i'm working on programming at 10 a.m i think that time blocking in that way um is important because essentially if you if you set it that way then if you set it that way like you would with um you know a one-on-one for Tyler like a nutrition call or a a one-on-one for you Brad in person once that's scheduled like you're committed to that person so why not go ahead and commit to yourself at 1 p.m to work on whatever it is that you need Um, so I think that just literally scheduling things in and I mean some people go as extreme as like scheduling in lunches and scheduling in dates with their you know the book talked about scheduling in dates with his wife and you know I think that sometimes you know some people may see some of those things as extreme but um, if you if some people do have really uh, complex schedules or um, or poor time management those things can help tremendously yeah, I had a, a client a couple of weeks ago. They're like, I just can't find time to work out. And I tell them, I'm like, look, I don't know if it's because of my personal training schedule getting so much busier, but I actually write down when I'm going to work out and then reverse engineer my schedule from that. So do you guys also, um, I mean, do you do you time block for personal things? And um, I mean, is it, and it, Tyler, like, what, what are you what are you doing to help manage your time a little bit better? Yeah, so with me, my workouts, my workouts will come first, but that's like I'll plan my workouts and then I'll plan my day around my workouts. That being said, um, as I've matured and as I've become a, a a good husband and a father, I've realized things. You know, like I used to be the personal trainer that said, "Hey, we all have the same twenty four hours in a day." oh no we freaking don't bro <laughs> like I, when I was saying that I worked in a gym my 24 hours a day eight eight to ten of those hours were in a gym so it's much easier um 
And then, so you have my wife who wakes up early, deals, you know, deals with the kids. We, we deal with them together. Then she goes to work at a very physical job all day. Then she comes home and then deals with the kids more. So it's like, if she was to work out sometimes, it would have to be late in the evening. And like I said, she just got done doing She came from a background where she was working out five or six days a week regularly until she had kids. Then, once she had kids, she once she well, once we had two kids, she had a hard time working out at all. But it was because she was in this mindset. And I deal with this with a lot of clients. Like, hey, I can't. I don't have time to work out five days a week, so they just don't work out. I'm like, okay, would you have time to work out? I'll actually start it from one. So I'll ask clients, do you have time to work out one day a week? If we can set, find one time, can you work out? I'm like, yes. I'm like, okay, can you do one 30-minute session a week? Yeah. Okay, can you do one 45-minute session a week? Yeah, I could do that. Okay, can you do one 45-minute session a week and one 30-minute session a week? They start working at things I'm like, yeah, we can do that. Okay, like, 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 let's build it from the minimum. Let's not worry about the maximum. So with Rena. That's how it was. I'm like, hey, can you do three workouts a week that are 45 minutes? She, and her things with a, with a fourth maybe workout. She was, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I can do that. But that's going to require you to wake up even earlier on Tuesdays and Thursdays so I can get my workout in before the kids are even up. I said, sure, absolutely. I can do that and help you out. So it became a thing where she started working out early morning, Tuesdays and Thursdays. For 45 minutes once on the weekend, so once on Saturday, and then if she just feels like it on Sundays, there's an optional workout in there. But, you know, like we had to go back, take her from her expectations of this maximum workout uh, abilities, but she'll have that anymore. We just bring her down to the minimum and get increased as we can. And I do that with a lot of clients. So, but that's big thing. In, in nutrition, like, what are you talking about then? Are you talking about time to food prep or are you like? I was talking about workouts with that. Oh, okay. Got you. Got you. How much? All that was workouts. How, how much? Um, so one thing that I, I have a concept and, and for both of you all, I don't have kids. Um, so this is coming from a different perspective than, than you're all. So maybe you can uh, bounce off of this, but how much of, I don't believe, when somebody tells me I don't have time, I say, I don't believe you. Um, I tell them that I think it's just not a priority for you. Um, because the things, you know, Tyler, I always see you on social media say like, I don't miss my workout. Like, you know, that's, that's a huge priority for Tyler. If anybody that follows Tyler on Instagram knows like Tyler's going to get his damn workout in, like regardless of what it is. If he has that set, it's a, it's a priority for him. There's a lot of people that may have a similar schedule as you, Tyler, but they're just like, I don't have time. And it's like, well, you have time, you know, is, if it's not a priority. And, you know, I think that it can seem insensitive. And I like what you said, Tyler, kind of breaking it down um, into, well, can you get 30 minutes of movement once a week? And then can we build that up? 
Um, and then maybe then it's like it becomes a priority for them. Um, yeah. What are y'all's thoughts on that? Because I just I, I've literally looked people in their face and I'm like, I don't believe you. I just think it's not a priority. Yeah, yeah I, I think you're right. I do. But I will say this. Um, with kids, the biggest difference I've found and what I've found in working with other people with that is even sometimes when you have the time, you, there's two things you're like, man, but do I really want to spend that time away from my kids? Because they do. It's ridiculous. You you blink and they've accomplished something new and, you know, they're not doing the old stuff anymore. And it's, okay, do I want to take that time and leave my spouse dealing with the kids by themselves? So those are two big things. But where it comes into play, like I just said, like what I did with my wife, it becomes much more of you need a good support system with your spouse. Like you and your spouse have to come to an agreement that, hey, this is important to both of us. So we're going to help the other make that kind of time. And that's what I see a lot of times as a big issue with clients, with with nutrition and meal prep, or nutrition and workouts, is it's their non-negotiable, but it's not their spouse's non-negotiable. So their spouse starts to have issues with that. Like, well, can't you just get your workout? Can't you just, I need you to do this. I'm, and it's that's where it does become an issue um, that I see. You, so I do think people have the time and they can make it a priority. There just might be other things in their life that aren't also making that a priority, if that makes sense. And that's a, that's a, that's a marriage counseling podcast that I'm not part of. So, <laughs> but I'm the same. That is a, that is a huge, a huge, I, 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 obviously I don't have like real stats on this, so it's like empirical data. But if you were going to ask me the number one thing that makes clients fail of mine, I'll say it's their spouse. Remember, you know, it's them. It's always you. I always take extreme ownership. But the number one difficulty and limiting factor is spouse. It, it always, or, or significant other, if it's someone they're dating. That always is the make or break for clients. 100%. So I think you're, you're spot on with that. Um, and um, somebody's calling, of course. Um, no. I have to grab one real quick. I'm going to come right back. Okay. No, like um, your, your spouse being supportive is huge uh, because, I mean, that is your team player when it comes to managing the kids. I mean, I'm never going to be able to, uh, with kids, uh, ha- like I have non-negotiable hours from one to four where I have to be picking them up or this or that or homework. So, but we all have a couple hours a day where we could make the time for things. And that might be a little less sleep. It might be, um, you know, a spouse helping you out. But that's really the biggest change from like you two being two young professionals without kids right now, and then um, with having uh, kids. So, yeah, it's a, it's a difference because um, you know, like he said, you don't with kids. You know, you don't want to miss you don't want to miss a special moment. So I get that a hundred percent. It's just a perspective that I don't have currently um, not having kids. I totally get it though. And, and I see, you know, even the spouse thing is important. You know, me and Rachel talk about how important it is that we both have these similar priorities and it makes it easier 
um, when, you know, whether it's tracking food or workouts or whatever it is, if we have those similar priorities, then we're kind of just pushing each other. And, you know, whenever one of us is having a tough time with it, you know, that the other one is on board with you versus just saying, oh, you're just so stressed out. How about you just like, you know, don't eat well, or just say the hell with the workout or whatever that is. Um, so that's a good, that's a good perspective. Um, go ahead there, Tyler. Do you have anything that you want to chip in there? Or... No. Just, uh, so on the, on the spouse thing, that, uh, again, that's a, that could all be a whole podcast of its own. But one thing I, I've really tried, and anyone who's known me for years, um, I, I call it the, uh, the um, art before Raina. Anyone who knew me before Raina and knows me now can tell you like how different of a person I am. Um, and a lot of that is I started changing who I was before I met Raina. And if I wouldn't have changed who I was, it wouldn't have worked with Raina. So I'm glad I did. But then Raina just just highlighted all of the stuff I was working on. So one thing, I, I've, I'm divorced. I've been married and divorced before. And um, one of the ways I was, there's a, a million reasons that relationship didn't work. Number one, we just weren't right for each other. But if I'm going back and looking at things I did to make it not work, well, number one, proposed because we just weren't right for each other. And I knew it then. But in my in my eyes, my young 23-year-old view of everything, I had all these big plans. My plans were, hey, I was going to make a name because I, I had a chip on my shoulder because I was a boy kid that no one liked. My course, I want to make a name for myself. I'm going to I'm going to be a name in the fitness industry. I'm going to be a name in the UFC, and I believed all those things. Uh, like I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to see all these countries. Literally everything I do, I I decided then I was going to do. My ex did not have those same goals. She was she would even say she was happy to stay in this area her whole life and do nothing. You know she was happy to do that. So I'm not downgrading that. Um, although I would have been, she was happy to just be complacent where she is. And I always felt like, yeah, but once the ball really gets rolling and she sees this and she sees the money rolling in and she sees, um, she sees my kids going crazy. She sees something he likes, obviously. Um, but, um, he, actually he is not happy. He's crying. But, uh, real quick, I'll say this. So, I was like, once that happens, she'll start conforming. Like, she'll want the same things as me. And she wouldn't. You can't change people. You can't change them. And that was where I messed up. I wanted those things. She did. Um, so she wasn't supportive at all. And for the longest time, I was like, oh, yeah, it's just so hard. I have such an unsupporting life. Or, or, you know, right after the divorce, I'm like, well, you know, now I'm, I'm succeeding because she was so unsupportive. Like, but honestly, that's not the truth. The fact is, she never wanted any of that stuff anyway. So she would have had to lie to herself and not be true to herself to support me and to be true to those things, which I knew from the get-go she wasn't into. So that's on me. So I look at it, and I always try to look at 
past situations that way. Um, so that's a big thing too. Again, like I'm not trying to get into a marriage podcast, but like if, if you're going into a, a, a marriage or a relationship and that person doesn't have the same goals and everything to begin with, they're not going to they're not going to change that. Most yeah. likely, you can't. You should. You should rely on that. You shouldn't hope that. Like you should just, uh, you know, it, you should just let them be who they are. It's like um, I know you both have had um, members at the gym where you have a person uh, that has lost a bunch of weight and then their spouse does not want to work out and they kind of like resent or get jealous of their spouse looking better. And then that spouse is like, well, you just need to come work out with me. Well, like Tyler's saying, like, if they don't want to work out, like you can't make them work out. Like they're going to, they have to want to before they're going to change. You can't change people. So. Right. hundred percent. Um, it's giving Sorry, me the, it's all good. We're down to nine forty-five, is what it says. But, um, another thing, Tyler, you were, you were talking about how you had all these goals and ambitions and it made me just think how important, uh, positive self-talk is. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt. Go ahead, son. Go ahead, Josh. I want to kind of hear what your take is on this. Um, I think it's everything. So I'm, I'm probably a little extreme on the whole positive manifestation thing, but like, I am all about it. I, I talk myself up. I don't let myself, I don't like to let any kind of negative thoughts creep in. Um, I just, I think that it's the way to be, I, I, you know, I kind of don't like when people are just like, it's just the way I've always been whenever it's like a negative attribute. Like I just do this just the way I've always been. It's like, well, I think you can change that. Like, I think that if you don't want to be that way anymore, you got to start talking about it. And so, you know, if it, I don't know if the kids can hear this, but it's like, if you, if you want to be the shit, then you start looking yourself in the mirror and say, I'm the shit. I'm going to be the, I'm going to have the best gym in the, in the United States. And we're going to make that happen. Like Tyler said, like he wanted to be a big name. He looked himself in the mirror and he said that. And like, I believe that that is the way to do anything. Everything that I have, I've manifested and I've talked myself into every situation, everything that I own, um, even my wife. I've talked myself into these things and I'll continue to talk myself into the next things that I have. So that's huge to me. So obviously you guys um, both have the, the, this positive self-talk and uh, strive to be better, but how do you find a balance to not like being a, a cocky, arrogant, a-hole and, you know, s still taking time to have high level conversations with people like this and uh, whatnot. So I'll tell you this. So I, Again, when I talk about who I used to be, even literally all of these mindset changes that have happened in five years for me, I was the most negative self-talk. Um, I mean, my parents will tell you my whole life, I like hung my head down. Like I had, I hated myself. I you know, had a conversation with my dad the other day. I, I don't remember the happiest moments of my life have been in the last five years. And I don't, I genuinely don't remember being very happy about anything before that other than stupid stuff winning a fight which doesn't matter um like i you know i'm 
my thirties have been the, by far the most fun, best years of my life, but I never used to be a positive talker because I hated myself. So first I had to fix those things. And then I do believe in the manifesting, you know, people will call it, some people call it the secret. My, my best friend and coach James Krause believes the secret. Um, but I, you know, I believe in, I'm much more of a hard, hard data scientific facts. And the facts are when you want something bad enough, you start seeking out situations that put you in position for that. And um, to simplify it into something that, uh, that you, you hear about this all the time. And I'll, I'll use me. I used to wear a, I always, I've always loved watches and I used to wear a fake Rolex for a couple of years. I've only told them, I've only said this a couple of times. I used to wear a fake Rolex because um, I just love the way they look. And I'm like, one day I'm going to buy one. And uh, I was like, I'm just going to get used to it. So if I constantly see this, it's going to constantly remind me every time I want to buy something stupid or every time I'm, I'm not thinking about a way I can make more money, that's going to remind me. So I literally wore that as like a, as a, a reminder that that's what I wanted until I was able to actually get one. And I know that sounds silly, but I think that is a legitimate, it was like a vision board that I wore all the time. And um, then it becomes to, to get to your point about being cocky and arrogant. I know for a fact, there's people, especially locally who think I'm really cocky and arrogant. And number one, it becomes, if you change the way you think, it seems that way because you went from one extreme to another. Also, if they aren't very positive thinkers and they have a certain way that they think, you're going to seem like that to them because you're so different than them. So honestly, I just, I don't care. Like I don't, I don't, I don't care if I'm, I come across that way because I know number one, I only have to answer to myself and I'll put myself in check. I'm, I know I'm not being cocky and arrogant. Um, my wife would put me in check very quick. So it's just, it's just one of those things. There's people that are absolutely going to think it. And I know, I know there's people that, that, that think that about me, but I'm like, listen, I'm, you, you had no problem when I hated myself, but now you have a problem with me and the fact that I, I, I love myself and I love what I have going on in life. Like, like now you have a problem with that. You didn't have a problem when I wanted to kill myself, but you, you do have a problem with me, with, with my love for myself, you know? Right. So anyone who feels that way, I'm like, I don't, I don't really care. That's a, that's a them problem, not a me problem. All right. Yeah. We're down to four minutes. Tyler, I don't know if you can see Harrison right here. Uh, he, he got into, uh, a verbal chat with, uh, uh, liver King on Instagram and liver King came and popped him. So, um, which made me think like why Harrison already learned his lesson. Like, why do you want to get in the, the cage and fight uh, with liver King? Uh, because liver King is fictional. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's such a, he's everything that's wrong with the, with the generation, honestly. And I don't, people are constantly on my Q and A's trying to get me to comment on his wife and his kids and how he makes his kids live. And I'll never do that. Cause I don't hate the right. guy and it's no, it's nobody's business how he handles his family. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have any issue with that, but he's everything that's wrong with this generation that he has a positive message he can bring. Um, there's a lot of positives hidden beneath all the BS he says. And I'm like, listen, man, you've created this character and you have this audience. And instead of like, providing good honest evidence-based information you're doing your these these antics and the problem is you have to do those antics to get noticed um so i get that but I, I i can understand it but i can't respect it and number one my biggest issue with him is the whole the whole macho man attitude it's it's if you want to if you want to spread bs nutrition information 
cool. It'll still make me mad, but there's tons of people who do that. But the moment you start being a tough guy and, and doing things like walking into a Burger King yelling at these minimum wage workers who are just trying to figure out why this shirtless guy's running into their, like, bro, they just want to clock in and clock out and get home. Like, you're causing them stress. Like, when you start doing stuff like that, and I'll never turn down a fight. Like, well, <laughs> I've got a bunch of DMs and texts that say otherwise. Um, you know, so that, that's my only thing. I just, just be honest, man. Even the drugs, I don't care if he's juiced to the gills. But when you sit here and tell people, no, nah, this is just, this is, what is it? He says, I am on PADs, PEDs, performance, something and dedicate. I'm like, bro, just a lot of people. Who cares? Like, I don't, I don't care if you're on trend. In fact, in fact, when I was talking to, I've talked to three different big, big organization matchmakers about fighting him. I told them all, I'm like, tell him I don't want drug testing. Like, there's like, why would I? I'm not going to send people to go take a test. They already have the answers to like, I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't care about his drug. I don't, I don't care about any of that. I just want to fight him. And ultimately I don't hate the guys. Why do you hate Liverpool? I don't hate him. I just want to fight him. I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to hate someone to want to fight him. Like I've, I've never, I've fought a lot of people and I've never hated any of them. Um, I mean, I've, we're uh, down to 90 seconds. Josh, do you want to uh, wrap up the call and put a bow on this with anything? Um, I think, uh, I guess I like the last thing that we were going on. So two things there was um, Tyler and the watch. To me, that's uh, Dr. Sean Pastuch and the haircut. His, he, he asked his, his wife asked him and said, um, if you had a million extra dollars, what's something that you would do? And he said, I'd get a haircut every week. And she was like, well, to, like this week, start getting a haircut every week. Um, so it's like setting yourself up for that. Me and Rachel just had a conversation about that. Um, I think that uh, the thing with with Tyler saying that about um, the, the cockiness thing is that, you know, in the end, we all kind of know um, that we're, we're all going to die. And we all know that in the grand scheme of things, we... Uh, we're very humbled and we're mm -hmm. just a, a blip in the world. Um, but at the same time, you have to have that thing of like that confidence. And sometimes confidence can come off as cockiness, but 100%. I mean, I, I'd rather come off as that than somebody that's, you know, scared of the world. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I want to wrap this up cleanly before it cuts us off. So I uh, appreciate you all hopping on today. Let's do this again. That was fun. It flew by like in 10 seconds. So yeah, man. Uh, all right. Thank you. Thank you all for your time. Thank you. See ya.